been a lot of good TV this year. Yeah, maybe it's been a better year for TV than... I don't know if that's true, actually. So many... So many... So many... Damn books. Hello, and welcome to So Many Damn Books. I'm Christopher. I'm Drew. And uh, we don't have a guest this time. It's just us. It's been a while. Yeah. We keep looking to the empty third space in the room and being like, ah. Yeah. And then, what about you, empty third space? <laughs> What's your favorite book? Um, yeah. Well, we don't have to talk to the third space. We can just talk to each other. We we can. And we should. We should. Over over these delicious steaming mugs of of beverage. Yeah, I mean, this is just, this is like a a holiday classic. Um, I bought my Christmas tree today, and I immediately, I was like, hot cocoa, hot cocoa today. For those of you who don't know, for new listeners, uh, it's Christopher's favorite time of the year. Yeah, well, I don't know if that's true. I just love Christmas. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know about it being my favorite time of the year, though. Oh, interesting. So, like, you're not so much down with necessarily the weathery stuff. Yeah, I'm not like a snow guy that california yeah yeah anyway (laughs) um sorry man no it's it's okay uh so this is just pretty much straightforward just hot chocolate and whiskey and but the thing is the thing to make um you know swiss miss packet hot chocolate taste better and and really sort of rich is to line the bottom of your mug with mini marshmallows Mm. and then your then your everything goes on top and even even your um even your whiskey while you're waiting for your water to boil so everything everything comes a little friendly mm-hmm. and uh you you want to you want to maybe just a few ounces of water you kind of want a thicker thicker hot chocolate yeah um and then you you know with just a bit of whiskey suddenly you're in the holiday spirit yes you like that phrase uh, wait for it all to become friendly yeah you use that you use that a frequently yeah. yeah i know i don't know what it, i don't know where it's good listen it. we you know peace and harmony man peace and harmony peace and love yeah brother peace and love get back to the 60s let's talk about books sure what'd you buy Two things. Uh, I picked up an advanced copy of Paul Auster's new novel, 4321. Oh, it's his first in a while. Yeah, seven years, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, it's huge. It's like 800 some odd pages. So uh, That's why. Yeah, he's been working. Um, I'm trying to go into it blank. It seems like it's just a big uh, multi-generational epic sort mm. of thing. And You know there's going to be like notebooks. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Man does love a good notebook as a plot device yeah. uh and the other thing on the complete other end of the spectrum the very tiny new warren ellis novel normal, normal right from fsg yeah uh which they released as a sequential thingamabob um oh so this is like a collected yeah they released it serially online mm. uh in four parts and now they have collected it together it's a nice little slim thing yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to try to get it in before the end of the year. Nice. How about you? Uh, I 
we received a lovely mailing from an author actually oh yeah sending us her own work and it was so beautiful and she sent us a nice letter along with it um and it's called the summer that melted everything by tiffany mcdaniel nice and it's about um a boy arrives in a small town and he says he's the devil and uh, uh, a family takes him in thinking he's sort of like a runaway but then a bunch of terrible things start happening around the town sounds like my kind of story yeah and uh, I sometimes I want to read like the sort of weather that I'm experiencing. <laughs> you know, I want to read like a snowy book while it's snowing or uh-huh. something. But every now and then it's also cool to kind of spite the weather and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to read about the summer now. Winter. <laughs> Take that. Yeah. As you stand outside dressed in several layers. But it's hood, all furry hood. <laughs> but it's all like vacation wear. <laughs> it's a lot of layers, but it's just like 30 pairs of swim trunks. <laughs> I'll keep you warm in December. We were talking about what we ought to do for for this episode and we both started talking about escapism. Yeah. Um, you know, we we touched on this in the last episode a little bit um that you know, regardless of how you feel about the election. Yeah. Um, we're a divided country and things are weird. Things are weird. Yes. Um, I I just feel like reality has been torn asunder (laughs) and surreality is just, you know, uh, leaking in around the edges. Um, so I, I often turn to books in times like this and I wanted something for once. I wanted one of those things that was completely, escapist yeah um do you do that often is that a i feel like i used to do fantasy way more often um but my appetite for it has diminished yeah Um, i feel it too i uh i really loved patrick rothfuss's the name of the wind Ooh, yeah Um, we had cool news about that yeah, Lynn Manuel adapting it. Miranda is adapting it, I guess, or creative producing or whatever it is he's going to do. Doing a lot of work on it. Yeah. Um, and I remember reading that and being like, wow, I love fantasy again. Yeah. And then picking up another fantasy novel and be like, nope. <laughs> I just read like a really good, I read a really good fantasy novel. Right. Yeah, the barrier to entry is really high. It's If you're reading a standalone fantasy novel there's a lot of work that has to be done to make the world realistic and then the novel ends and you're like oh Mm -hmm. okay but then also buying into one of these big series because they all seem for the most part to be big long series at this point Uh uh-huh um that's all that's a huge commitment yeah and it's um it's not always necessarily going to pay off you know there's yeah. just because like the first one is good doesn't mean the next one will be and yeah it's a it's an interesting shell game um however you know it's not like there you you don't have to create a convincing reality in like a, a realistic novel as well uh, right it's, it's not like you're you're you don't have to follow some rules to make things land um but i think it's I think maybe I just read so much fantasy as a kid that yeah. like uh I I'm less like okay so what do they call swords now in this <laughs> in this one. Yeah. Uh you know? Yeah. Do you uh 
find that you also pick pick up sci-fi in the same way because i find that i i am i will now pick up one of the two i will want escapism and i'll be like ah right now i want to think about space Mm -hmm. or like right now i want to think about dragons i think they both satisfy the same level of escapism for me too yeah um i don't need i don't think like i need a fantasy novel or i need a sci-fi novel i think just like barnes and noble hopes i want a (laughs) sci-fi fantasy novel right former guest of the show ryan Britt. He says all fiction is science fiction. Yeah, uh, uh, which is a theory that I like, and and I subscribe to. Um, you know, just like you have to believe that hyperdrives will be able to take you to distant stars, you also have to believe that this is an America where everything's the same except, you know, this family existed that never existed at all. Right. I prefer something with that's like literary fiction pitched to me as literary fiction with a sci-fi element or a fantasy element. Mm-hmm. I think that that for some reason I can get on board with because it feels like a, a, it feels like a twist. Right. It feels like something that something less familiar to me. I think you have, you have a similar uh, appetite for that. Yeah. I mean, I still every once in a while love picking up a book that is set in a completely different world with a map in the front and a list of characters in the back and you really like dive into the whole thing. Well, but, and, and that's, that's why I came to you when we were, Oh yeah. When we were trying to come up with which, what, what are we going to read? Yeah. Um, and we went back and forth for a while and decided on the, uh, a sort of hip YA one. Yeah. YA seems to be the place that like, fantasy is really thriving right now Mm -hmm. uh and lee bardugo's grisha trilogy was one of the big i myself actually haven't read it but i've heard a lot of great things Mm -hmm. it's sort of like russian influenced but there's like a little bit of a airbendery kind of thing going on too right and but it is the sort of medieval thatched roofs yeah uh what whatever that society is yeah yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, Iron Age? Yeah, Iron Age uh, magic yeah. still. Yeah. Um, and so we, uh, so she finished the Grisha trilogy and decided to stay in the world but tell a different story. Which I do appreciate. And I was, I, I think that was one of the things that made me excited about Six of Crows mm-hmm. was that it was, she was like, I already did my world building, so you're either on board or you're not. Yeah. Six of Crows uh, is about um, a heist. Yeah, really. it's like it is pretty much an Ocean's Eleven style. There are some tangential. There's like a small romance side plot, and like everybody has the thing that they really want. But the story is about some people coming together as a team, breaking into a place. Everything goes to hell as they're trying to rob. A, a place that oh, is very an, secure yeah an yeah. ice fortress in this case I, I did love that yeah um and i loved uh i loved a lot of the the heistiness of it of um sh- there's a furnace shaft mm-hmm. that the um person who's sort of the uh the climber acrobat person who's completely silent i love that um yeah. she has to climb up but her feet are burning from the edges of the furnace because they were wrong over what day they turned that on yeah like stuff like that yeah i was super on board and i was really it, it was edge of the edge of your seat writing and 
one of the things that she does really ex- expertly is that um you know everyone has their reason to be there and she sort of wends through mm-hmm. and and explain and like you you might be reading a regular chapter or you might be reading the reason why uh they are like this yeah she handles multiple narrators and multiple narratives really well Mm -hmm. um you never feel like you are lost there are times where you feel like you don't have all the information but in that way where you're like i will get that information and you're you're like how did they just do that thing amazing flashback Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah there was a lot of delights here um i i was the the main guy kaz is a fascinating character yeah he's a tremendous uh invention yeah i the one thing that's funny and 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 i wondered if i don't think it was meant to be funny um was it is a ya novel so all these people are like 12 to 18 oh yeah which is <laughs> which like it, it, anytime she would mention the ages i'd be like really <laughs> yeah you could age all of these characters up to like late 20s yeah just and nothing would change about not the book. at all not at all it's just you know i mean that's part of the wondrous things of being in a fantasy novel you can ages mean whatever you want it to mean yeah uh and there is something kind of cool to the idea that like the greatest heist in the history of this world was pulled off by 17 year olds it feels like the sort of thing that as like a 15 year old reading that i'd be like whoa yeah I want to do that. Yeah. I want to heist somebody. <laughs> um, what, what I thought was truly expert as well was actually the ending, which I won't explain what happens, of mm-hmm. course. But really, I was surprised that she could pull the rug out from under me. Like, yeah. T- twice, really. Yeah. Um, because I th- she like switches back like four times. It's kind of incredible. And it, it doesn't feel like... Uh, um and then this happened uh it really feels like very well thought out yeah it feels like a a cliffhanger from a time when cliffhangers were still something novel and Mm -hmm. and new so this is a duology Mm -hmm. um the first one came out last year six of crows and a crooked kingdom came out this year yeah um and I was talking about uh, Patrick Rothfuss earlier, but uh, there's also the George R. R. Martin of it all. Sure. Of, uh, of, and, and really even Lev Grossman. Um, yeah. You know, there's there's usually long waits in between these books, um, and I was very gratified to learn that there would be. I, I that was a big selling point for me. It was like, oh, both <laughs> both these are out. We can jump right into them. Yeah. You actually ended up doing the jumping right in. How did that feel? Yeah, I plowed through both of them uh, with no break in between. I literally put one down and picked up the second one. Um, I enjoyed it. It started... Some of the things that I really appreciated about the first book started to go to seed a little bit because the second one is a little bit longer and it the first like third of it was a little unfocused compared to like the rocket ship blast of six of crows Mm -hmm. where it's like, we have one objective. We're going to everything that gets in the way of our objective, but we're going there. Right. Well, uh, you know, the, the crew at the end of six of crows is split up, right? Like things, things worked out and, but they didn't. So there's a bunch of that happening. Yeah. And you're sort of, 
you know inevitably that there's going to be some sort of reunification and that like the bond that they formed over the adventure of the first book is what's going to pull them together to right the wrongs that were done to them. Mm -hmm. And once that starts happening again, it's like they ratchet up the action, they ratchet up the excitement. Um, You know, some of the things that you might've been predicting would happen in the first book in terms of relationships and characters living and dying, things like that the stuff that didn't happen in the first book definitely does Mm. in the second book. Interesting. But I just, I, I found the second one a little bit less compelling in the same way that I found oceans 12 and oceans 13 less compelling than oceans 11. Okay. Cause it, it, you can, you can't recapture truly the excitement and magic of the first time you do the thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I did appreciate that she didn't, just rehash it wasn't another heist it wasn't the same novel again um this time it was a little bit more of like fighting the power within the city Mm -hmm. it was it was i who said let's read both um (laughs) actually who pushed us to to get to the second one and it was really because i was having so much fun reading the first one the first half of the first one i was so into and uh and that I think I messaged you on mm-hmm. Gchat and I was like, let's just do them both, buddy. And I was like, what the hell? Why not? Um, but as soon as I started reading the uh, Crooked Kingdom, I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> I just realized that uh, I really only wanted, you know, it was like a truffle. You know, yeah. it was I just wanted one bite and it was very uh, satisfying, but I didn't need to go back for another right away. Yeah. Uh, um, and and so I it's now I have I have my copy of Crooked kingdom and it is sitting on my shelf and i will read it eventually um but i'm i only felt guilty because i'm sort of made you read (laughs) but you probably would have gone ahead and read the second one anyway i used to do it as a kid certainly i would always like binge through a series Mm -hmm. and I, i found something very rewarding about that in a way that i very rarely find as rewarding now Mm -hmm. like this was fun and i i did it you know, over the course of basically a week, I read these two books. So it was cool. Like every minute that I was escaping into something, I was hanging out in the same world with the same people. Uh, and I liked the people who I was finding there, but it doesn't, that doesn't happen as frequently for me anymore. Right. Um, like the, the expanse, the James S.A. Corey Mm -hmm. sci-fi series was one where I read the second and third books pretty much back to back. And those books are enormous. They're each like 650 pages. Two thirds of the way through the third one, I was just like, oh, okay. I still love space and everything, but, you know, come on. Yeah. Let's go. I feel like a, um, something that I'm learning as I age is just like, just like all of my habits are now having to change a little bit. <laughs> um, this is another, this is another habit that's going to change is like the way I read is, yeah. is different now. It's cool to be conscious of it because I feel like we are at an age now where we really can look and see like, oh, I've had different reading lives. Definitely. And, you know, maybe that's that's as that's our transition, maybe to the reading life of 2016. Yeah. This this weird, surreal year.
So we are going to uh, jump into our our top six. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did this last year, and the rules are the same. If you remember that episode, and if you don't remember that episode, <laughs> guess what? Go listen to it. No, that's um, not. That's not. What no, I was that wasn't say. the one. No, I was gonna say uh, <laughs> we're, we don't do this in any order. We chose four together. Yep. And then we both chose one to throw on the list as well. Yeah. Um, and also inevitably we will probably be like oh there was this book too but you know whatever of course you yeah know, and you all know how it goes uh it's it's hard to choose just six um i know that we've made it up <laughs> <laughs> so we could choose more yeah um but it's just not good radio so why don't you start us off what's what's the book um sure i will claim uh the one i think i've read the most recently uh. nutshell by ian McEwen. Oh, so good um a very strange concept it's a baby in utero nine months like ready to be born conscious and living out a version of hamlet Mm -hmm. his mom is uh sleeping with his uncle they're plotting to murder his dad um i think one of the great joys of that book is uh the baby's deep affection for wine oh my god and but he's like there's nothing like a a chablis you know decanted through a placenta yeah he can talk about the terroir of these wines and you're just like what but every time you come up with this thing we're like it doesn't make sense that a baby would know this McEwen is right there and he's like i learned this because my mom's been listening to podcasts yeah and you're like well okay (laughs) why not yeah i uh i was I'm, i'm way down way down it was so much fun i um i listened to it Oh, cool. Uh, Rory Kinnear does the vo- the reading of it, and it's a great listen. It's only five hours. Yeah. So yeah, it's a short It's a short little book, too. Yeah, it's, it's a tiny little thing. What's next? Next up is um, f- former guest of the show, uh, Stephanie Dandler. Mm-hmm. Her Sweet Bitter uh, has stuck through as being memorable and lovely yeah. and um, sad. I think it's the book that I have pressed on the most people this yeah year. uh and i also feel like it's the book that we've had to do the least amount of pressing i feel like mm-hmm. everybody has just fallen for this book um, yeah goodreads rating be damned um <laughs> and i think that it's one of those books where it's is where it's now so large that it could be kind of attracting the wrong type of person for it mm-hmm. where it's like uh you know it's like bestseller syndrome uh, yeah it, you know it's it's something you see more uh, when, you know, the Pulitzer shortlists come out or the um, or the National Book Awards shortlist where people pick it up because it's on an award list. And they're like, this isn't a good book. Yeah. And listen, I mean, it's great that right now if people are picking up one book, they're picking up the Underground Railroad. Yeah. Um, and that's that is a book that like everybody should be reading. Where Sweet Bitter, yeah, maybe there are some people who are not going to be down with like the promiscuous sex and drug use and nihilism of being in your 20s living in New York City. Yeah. But like if you get down and, with and that. Won't be, uh, and aren't going to be thrilled by the adventures of a, of a waitress. Yeah. Um, but but however, if you are someone who um, likes very poetic and, and beautiful writing and, and strong, deep characterization, she she comes through in spades. That book is also certainly the debut of the year. Oh, me. yeah, definitely. Okay, you throw another one up. Another guest of the show, becoming a trend, becoming a theme. Yeah. Uh, Hannah Petard's Listen to Me, 
Let me ask you, is this theme, be- is this partially because we got to talk to them, so now we like their books even more? Well, listen, that's really fun. And Ian, if you're listening and we want to come on the show... Yeah, come and join us. You'll need to buy your own plane ticket, but... Um, there is something really cool, though, about getting to read a book that you really like and then talking to the author and discovering you like the book even more. Yeah. And Listen to Me is... Um, it's a fun experiment. It's it's sort of like a fun experiment in the same way that Nutshell is a fun experiment. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's part of the reason why I loved them so much is they didn't feel like traditional novels. Yeah. And I felt, you know, I felt off kilter for them. Totally. Where you just kind of don't know what's going to go down. Listen to me is one of those great, truly, you cannot put it down reading experiences. Right. And you really shouldn't. You should read it as as much of one go as you can. Yeah. Um, because it really does take place in just like a few hours of driving and then a, and then a night. Yeah. A sleepless it, night. You know, it's as we as we look at moments that uh, cause tension in our understanding of one another. Uh-huh. It is also subtly, as it is on the surface, like a great propulsive thriller. It is also a great look at reminding you to like talk to the person sitting next to you and actually right. pay attention to them. Seek context. Yes. As I like to say. Oh, very good. Very good. Very good. Do you want to give us another one? Yeah, I'll throw another book on the list. Um, again. It's a uh, it's a guest. It's Jade Chang's Wangs versus the World. Oh my gosh! Yeah, this was such. I mean, the high wire beginning of this book. Mm-hmm. It, it it should thrill you. Uh, just I don't know. I I was completely and utterly wrapped. And then the family is just fantastic to spend time with. Yeah, totally. And it's funny and sweet. And uh, I actually did read No Coins, Please. Oh yeah, the Gordon corman uh novel and i totally see why no coins please uh is was a perhaps unknown progenitor of that book (laughs) Uh, excellent yeah wings versus the world just it's uh everyone loves a rags to riches story and everyone really loves a rags to riches to rags story yeah so uh this is a this is a one of those ones and it's really really great yeah, that was a, another lovely uh, debut, lovely addition to the writers we love. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay, so now these are the two books, the, the ones we say next. Um, I haven't read this one and you haven't read mine. Yeah. Yeah. So what's what's your addition? What's um, your Drew Drew pick? This is it's I think the earliest book I read in 2016 actually. Okay. Uh, or like very early. I read it in beginning of January, and it has stuck around. Um, it's no small feat. Charlie Jane Anders's "All the Birds in the Sky," uh, which I've talked about on the show before. It's a perfect meld of sci-fi and fantasy, a witch. And like a, a brainiac, um, and it's sort of over the course of their lives from childhood to like their early thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I mean, it's like it's shaggy at times, and it's a little crazy. And you're like, wow! But it's just it. I was so impressed by how audacious it was, how fun it was, and thinking about what we were talking about today and the idea of escapism. That book just, man, talk about escaping into it. I read it in like a day and just 
fell into it. Mm, definitely. How about you? I'm going to recommend uh, a, a, a monster of a book, uh, Annie Proulx's Barkskins. Oh, cool! Yeah, this was a this was a book I was. Um, I'm I, I'm actually really interested in the idea of logging. Um, of, okay. of like of like novels set in a in, in logging, because it seemed like just the craziest thing to have happened. Just that just we, cutting down trees, cutting down trees, but but not just cutting down trees, but just like burning down forests. Yeah, because they were in the way. <laughs> they were in the way of our American of, destiny uh, of of different trees that they had to <laughs> cut down. <laughs> and it's just it's so unreal. Um, and she says that she like the first thing that she does when she's starting to write a book is research Uh uh-huh and that she researches until she literally can't anymore and then starts writing whoa and so in this case i I mean i i can only imagine she has just the the amount of trees that have died for the books that she (laughs) she consumed to write this it's so well researched and fascinating and you follow um you're just following the generations of these these two guys come over sort of as indentured servants mm. into new France, AKA Canada. Yep. Um, and you follow their descendants all the way to the present. Oh, wow. Uh, I didn't realize it comes all the way to the all present. All the way to the present. Cool. Um, and yes, it does not really quite work all the time. Um, and she definitely decides like to start stretching her fingers and do the, um, now we really need to protect these trees. Uh, yes. Um, which I knew that's what was coming. Yeah. Uh, but she, you know, it does feel a little bit like a heavy handed, but maybe we need some heavy hands on that anyway. Yeah, sure. Right now. But it's a strange book and there's just a lot of crazy, weird stuff that happens. And, uh, the, the type of people that decide to cut down trees turn out to be fascinating people. And we don't need to do recommendations, do we? Yeah, I think these are pretty safely. These are our recommendations. These are our recommendations on the year. Yeah. Um, don't worry. We're not, it's not the end of the year totally yet. No, no. We're going to do one more episode. Yeah. You know how sometimes British TV shows come back with like a Christmas special? Yeah, that's what we're doing. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be really fun. Um, um, but while you're waiting for that, um, make yourself a whiskey hot cocoa. Yep. Sit down and give us five stars on iTunes. Yes, please. That's our. That's what we would like for the holidays. From Seriously, here. we have thirty-three reviews right now. If it could get up to fifty before the end of the year, Christopher would lose his mind. I would lose my goddamn mind. <laughs> uh, please just do it. Merry Christmas, baby. You showed sure it treatment nice. Merry Christmas, baby You sure did treat me nice Yes, you did, man uh, Go take a nap and send fires and missiles <laughs> Okay Maybe I'll just let you do more of your French accent <laughs> <laughs> um, Used to be better uh, <laughs> Better Okay <laughs> Got me some good music on my radio I said I'm feeling 
me some good music on my radio, love. 